I'm really grateful for our worship team and for that song specifically. That song specifically, um, as many of you know, Sean Matthews and Wyatt, her son, are here this morning, and Sean's going to be sharing with us, and if you don't know the story, it was about a year ago in September that Sean lost her husband, Bill, and Wyatt, his father, as a police officer, and our community experienced a great loss when Officer Matthews was in the line of duty, struck fatally by a car, and we had that funeral and that service here. And in a moment, we're going to have Sean come up, but I, I want to sh- first just share that song. It's a song she requested. It's a song that I know has meant much to you as you go through this process. That God is with us. That God is with us. This whole Psalm 23 that we've been looking at, we've titled it Living Without Fear, because at a certain point he says, I will fear no evil. And it's this idea of this God who is hemming you in with his love. And I was thinking as I was going to get up here, um, my, my little grandchild, I have a little grandchild, and when he was little, um, we didn't do this, I sure don't remember, but my daughter would just swaddle him to a point where he was like this. And I'm going, that's claustrophobic for me. But it just settled him down. And they weren't doing it because they didn't like him and they were trying to restrict him for any other reason, but because in that tightness of possible memories of the womb, whatever it is, there's this sense of, of love being all-encompassed by the incredible love. Incredible love that God had provided And as we look at Psalm 23, I'm going to ask you to stand together, and we're going to read this together. And there are times in our life that when we walk through a valley of a shadow that feels like death, that God wants to swaddle us. And I would really encourage you to memorize God's word. There's something incredibly powerful about having within the resources of your being, the recess of your being, the truth of God in times of trouble. And this is one of those psalms. It's one of those psalms that hems us in because as you see it begins and it talks about this God who's over you and above you watching over you and moves to a place where he starts talking about leading and guiding before you. And then as it moves to a place of the valley, it talks about being beside you. And then he says he sets a table and he, he, in the midst of our enemies, in a sense, he supports us and strengthens us. And then it ends with, surely goodness and mercy, follow me. You are hemmed in by the love of God. So let's say this together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father, I pray you would swaddle us again in your love. I I have to confess, God, it's so hard at times for me to just know your, your smile of love and grace like a father over a child. Like a mother who just looks with longing and loving eyes. Father, we thank you. I pray for, for each and every person who has gone through a valley that in this time, if there's bitterness or there's pain or there's hurt, we pray for healing. And Father, for those who may be in a valley right now, may they know in a way they haven't before your presence. And for all of us, God, you have promised goodness and mercy, but yet there may be a valley before us. We ask that you, as you walk with us and you lead us and you guide us, that God, you would prepare us as well. That we would walk in your love in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks, you may be seated. In this psalm, it's rather interesting because one of the things that I think is very important for us to understand in this is the psalmist is very real with the fact that even the shepherd who is watching over his flock, there are times that he is guiding or leading it, maybe even to their own veering off or whatever it may be, but there are times that they are going into valleys. The truth is, Where there's mountains, there will be valleys, right? In the physical realm, you look in the created realm and you see if there's a mountain, there's going to be a a, a valley as well. I was out in Seattle, um, Bremerton area, which is across the west side of the Puget Sound, and I was there for a week visiting my brother who was pastoring a church out there a number of years ago. And I was there for about a week and it was beautiful. You know, everyone talks about it being rainy and everything. It was incredible. And it was these lush green trees and the sun, blue skies, bright and over the sound. And I was just remarking to one of the locals who had been there, one of the people who was a native of that area, and I just said, this, this is the greatest kept secret. And he's going, well, don't be thinking this is the way it is, you know, because they don't want you to go out there, basically. Um, he said, because uh, you see all this lush green? See all this lush, beautiful green in the sunny day? It takes the rainy days of gray to make that happen. And there's a lot of them. <laughs> and I thought to myself, in our spiritual life, the reality is, is, is well, that when there are mountains, there are valleys. We will go through valleys. There will be times. And it's in those times that God does something within us that creates some of his presence and his uh, character in us that is incredibly important through that time. Um, in, in this passage of scripture, I want you to note that when he says, like the NIV says, um, the valley of the shadow of death, the Hebrew doesn't have compound words, so it's not some kind of shadow of death, it's just this, this word where he strings two words together, which means kind of a death shadow. One commentator basically says, the valley of deepest darkness. It's this idea of going through a dark and a bitter time in your life that doesn't have to remain bitter as we go through this psalm. But in the moment, it isn't sweet. 
And so he goes and he talks to us about the fact that valleys are reality. And so one of the things I want you to think about is if you've been through one, how has that marked you? Is it marked you in a way that you've become more bitter? And I pray for your healing. And the other thing I want you to think about is if you are walking right now and you're not experiencing one, there's a possibility that you could. And so I ask you to think about what are you doing? Is it even possible to prepare yourself for that valley? And then the second thing that is really interesting in this passage of Scripture that I want you to note before we have Sean come up, and as it says here, even though I walk, or yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. There's a sense of this God who is going to provide for your every need. So he's competent. He can provide for everything you need in this process. He is also, um, as he goes on, and he says, in the valley, God is with you. I, I, I started this out and we read it and I said, you know, it's a psalm that's going to hem us in, swaddle us in a sense with his presence that is over us and, and before us and, and beside us, below us, and behind us in a sense. But what is interesting is, is even if you look into this more closely, you'll find that there's even more to this, this kind of swaddling presence of God. Look at verse 1. It begins, the Lord. It kind of points you right away, the Lord. And as it ends, it says, and the idea is that you will dwell in his presence, the house of the Lord. It ends with this idea, the Lord. So beginning and end, it has this. And then another thing is you get to the middle of the psalm, and if you would study this, especially in the Hebrew language, you'll find that this is kind of building, and if you have this slide, it kind of shows, um, I think there, you don't have it? Oh, bummer. Okay. Um, there is, if you look at verses 1 through 3, you'll see that the, in the Hebrew, the language kind of points to this verse 4, the central part of it, and then it starts moving back again, is for the Lord is with you. It's this incredible um, central midpoint of the whole psalm. It drives to it, and then it kind of moves away from it. So you begin it with this, and you end it with this. You see how he's hemming you over and above and all, but in this middle part is this sense of the presence of God in a way that he wants you to know when you think God's presence isn't even possible of being there. Because in this deep, dark valley, everything, even life itself, seems to be taken from you. And in the valley, the last thing I want to share with you is that God is real in ways you never could have known on the mountains. In the valley, God is real in ways you could never know when you're on the mountain. I want you to notice one other thing in these verses. The first three verses, as you look at it, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. And note this, he says, he's using a personal pronoun here that's that's impersonal, really. He makes me. He leads me. He restores me. He guides me. And then he changes, even though I walk to the valley shed of death, I will fear no evil for you, very personal are with me. It's no longer this impersonal he. It, it's purposeful at this point that he changes it to you. Because he's saying something happens in the midst of this valley where you begin to get to know this God in a way that you have never known him before. For some people before that, God has been someone you know about, you talk about. That's almost the way it looks. You know, he this, he that. It's this God he's talking about. And all of a sudden, he hits the valley and he goes... You, I know you, and I know you're with me. And so the Lord, he says, and continues personally, your rod and your shepherd, 
They had a staff that would be used as a rod to drive away um, uh, predators, and they had a staff that would pull the, the, the sheep when it started to veer off, and he was in that sense with them, bringing comfort to them, knowing that even in this valley, he is still protecting, he is still providing, he is still working in their life. So there's this idea you've walked with God, God has walked with you through one of the darkest nights, and the bond has now become stronger than ever before. I um, was just this weekend, had an opportunity to visit a friend who I knew through high school and college, and we had many shared experiences together, so there's something fun about, you know, we only see each other like once or so a year, um, but we have these experiences, so when we're together, you just feel at ease, we know each other, right? We've had these experiences together. There's a bond there that's different because we went through things together. But I have to share with you, I have seen also uh, my wife's father, my father-in-law, who would get together once a year with somebody who, or, or they'd get together at reunions with people he served in the war with. World War II. I don't know anything like what that kind of bond is. Anybody who has done that and served in incredibly painful, dark places together, they just kind of look at each other and they know. So as he goes through this, we hit the center point and all of a sudden you find, here's this God who in the midst of the valley that seems like life is being taken from you and your life is threatened is present with you. So I asked Sean if she would come and share. And Sean, um, I, I appreciate it. It's so um, courageous for you to come and to do this. This is a year ago. And, and Sean, um, thank you for coming and sharing with us. And what I really want to do... What I really want to do is, um, <laughs> I, I just want us to kind of talk through your last year and, and help people. I mean, this is such a gift that you would be willing to do this first, just to tell you thank you. And then um, I thought I would just begin and maybe just talk about a little bit about your upbringing, where you grew up, your spiritual journey, and uh, give us a little idea around that. Well, thanks. Thanks, Kevin. And, um, I said to Kevin earlier, it's the first time I've been down on the church floor since um, I laid my husband to rest, so it's a little bit surreal. Um, but I thank you for letting me be here. Um, I am the third of four kids, um, and we grew up in Plymouth here in a middle-class family. Um, my journey has, has had Lutheran with a mix of covenant, non-denominational, evangelical, all in there. So it's kind I, of a spiritual mutt. I am a spiritual mutt. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a denominational mutt. It's, just, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, which makes me here today. Yeah. So, um, my parents were um, wonderful Christians um, who instilled a very solid foundation of faith um, from a very young age, and mostly through their daily example of how they loved, loved Jesus first, loved each other, and loved us as kids. So I'd say I grew up in a home where the parenting was unified and consistent. Um, my dad was full of compassion. He loved Jesus, and he wasn't afraid to let you know it or to let it show. Um, and my mom, 
um, who is here somewhere today, I think, has an amazing strength. She's steadfast and faithful. Uh, together they helped me build my spiritual foundation, yeah. which allows me to stand today. So, kind of fast-forwarding it a bit to a point all of a sudden you meet Bill, and Bill enters into your life as the love of your life. Tell us a little bit about that. So we met on eHarmony. Um, <laughs> Go eHarmony. No. Right, right. Not a plug, but um, it worked. And after our first date, I knew he was, I knew he was for me. Um, I know I needed him in my life. He had such a sweet spirit. Um, he was a gentle giant. Yes. Um, I knew, you know, three years later we were married. And he was the best, one of the best gifts I've received on this earth. Yeah. You know? And it wasn't easy. It's that process. It seems simple, right? Um, but you know, I prayed for a long time that God send me what I need. Yeah. And he sent Bill. So I think it's hard to put into words something that ended way too soon. Yeah. You know, that was so sweet. And he wasn't perfect, but perfect for me he was. Yeah, I have to say... Um not really knowing Bill well, um, but having, through that whole process, words, it was really difficult for people putting words how, what a good man he was and how gentle and sweet and kind he was. And one of the first points in my message was that, um, in a sense, he was the love behind the law. Uh, there, Jesus was the true love behind the law. You know, the law is given not to hurt us or to try to restrict us necessarily. It's given in order to guide us, to keep us safe in that sense. And, and Bill would give tickets to people and they would pretty much thank him afterwards. I mean, he was, he was one of these guys. He actually did one of the Vikings, I believe it was, wasn't he? He did, yes. One of the, not to name names, tight ends. Yeah. One of, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> he lives out in this area that right. you see once in a while. But right. anyway, but, and, and they all just, they thanked him because... He had such a compassionate, loving heart. You knew that when he was applying the law, he was doing it in such a way that uh, it, it, it truly um, came from a good place and a good heart. So o- along that time, then Wyatt, your son, comes along, who's here this morning as well. Yeah. And I'd say Wyatt is my other gift. Mm-hmm. One of the best ones that I could have received. Um, he came at an extremely challenging time in a relationship. Our relationship was young. And um, Bill had just been laid off from his job. We bought a new house. Um, I had taken a 12-week maternity leave to mm-hmm. really enjoy being a mom, and it wasn't the plan. I had complications to my C-section, which put me in wound care every day for a year. And um, I'm, I'm grateful that, that Bill was the one who I shared this with. Yeah. He was very compassionate, and um, today Wyatt is the reason I keep standing. Yeah. He is an old soul and wise beyond his eight years and a joy every day. Wyatt, thanks for being here. You know, um, you go through life, like you said it was sweet, it all came to an end way too soon. Uh, Last September, it was on a clear sunny day, you kind of stepped into the valley of the shadow of death. Within a sense, no preparation for anything like that. It just hits you. Um, So, Tell us a little bit about that. September 8th, 2017. A day that started so beautifully. Um, I had taken the day off work, and Bill had to go to work a little later, so we both got up in the morning, and we drove Wyatt to school together. 
we stopped and got a cup of coffee on our way home like we, we like to do. That was kind of our thing. And we sat on the porch together and, and shared each other and, um, for about an hour. Um, and then I left. I had taken the day off and I left to go um, to a fall market with my sister and sister-in-law and mom and one of my nieces. And we exchanged our typical, I love you, be safe. Um, and Bill yelled back to me on the way out, enjoy, do something nice for yourself. Um, and on the way back to the market, we went to lunch, and we went to Birch's in Long Lake. And we had sat on the patio, and it was a lovely fall day. And as we sat down, we heard an ambulance go by, and we heard sirens. Mm-hmm. And um, I hadn't picked up my phone all day, because we were really trying to just be in the moment, mm-hmm. you know, not so much on the phone and not worried about what was happening. Um, and my sister-in-law looked at me, and she said, Sean, you have to go. Bill's had an accident, and they're sending a car for you right now. And I heard the helicopters above, and that we were within a mile of the accident. And I knew it wasn't any good. They don't send a car for you just for fun. Um, And not only did they send one car, they sent three. And they came screaming into the parking lot, and at that moment, that every police spouse fears was now my reality. On the way to North Memorial Hospital, um, driving about a hundred and some miles an hour, wouldn't recommend that, um, we drove by the accident scene on Highway 12, just by chance. And if I had any hope of seeing uh, that Bill would be okay, seeing the countless squads and personnel there, um, changed that hope. I knew that I walked up through the ER doors over at North, that Bill was gone. My head was spinning. What am I going to do? What about Wyatt? How did this happen? We had had such a sweet day. And to my husband, this can't be real. We were in such a sweet spot in our love. Things were, things were just going so well. This couldn't be real. Mm-hmm. This couldn't be happening, not to me. So it says in in, in God's word, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I mean, obviously, in that moment, there's, I mean, we don't have to go through all of that, but as you have been going through this, he does kind of stop talking about God and starts talking about God as being not he, but you are with me. What, What does that mean to you? What have you experienced around that? And as we talked a couple of different times to prepare for this, just you go where you want to go, um, share what you want to share. We're adults here. We, we really want to just hear what God's doing in your life. Well, so I was put in a, in a hospital room alone, um, and what they do is, with a, with a law enforcement tragedy, they clean out the whole ER, so they send um, all the patients someplace else. I found myself on the ground crying, sobbing, having no perception of anything that was happening around me. And uh, at some point in that room, a peace fell, an undescribable peace. Not just onto me, onto the holy R. God had put people in place um, that I, I couldn't have even asked for anything better. Um, and I could feel God's presence in that moment, in the darkest hour I've ever known. It was so real. Um, 
and then I got myself together and I walked out of that hospital. Yeah. Yeah. A widow, a solo parent, facing many unknown feelings, feeling no fear. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting you share that. I was watching on TV the accounts that happened in that church in Charlotte, and um, no, in Charleston. And, uh, and a couple of the ladies who were sharing, one of the ladies said in the midst of that shooting and that tragedy, there was a, a light that was indescribable that was present in the room with them. And it is amazing, um, as you just share about that sense of God's peace being present in that moment with you. Um, almost, uh, not swaddling, but knowing he's with you. Um, where, where are things at? How, how has that become real to you now? What's, what, just continue, I guess, the story. Well, God is good. Um, he's everywhere. He's present. He's here today. He's with us tomorrow. He was with me yesterday. Um, he's met my needs and then some. I have felt um, blessed for a cliche word. Um, I have lacked for nothing. My cup is full, and then some. Um, we're moving forward. Um, I like most of us out here probably really, you know, I wanted so much control over, over my life, over the future, over um, what would things look like in a week? What would they look like in a month? Well, what would, what would happen to Wyatt when he was 15? I gotta make sure that, you know, I'm all ready for that. And instead I've learned to be really present and rely on God. Um, for every breath. It's not day by day. I go breath by breath. It, yeah. and, and me sitting here is nothing shy of a miracle. <laughs> I just want to comment on that. Um, one of the things that I, before I do, is just, when we spoke, I was so challenged by you about one of the gifts that God has given you through this is just this idea of living in the present, breath by breath. Uh, and, and, and the ability to notice and to be present. Like you, I shared it one time with the congregation but when you were walking down that path and that guy just said, walk with me, and, and you did. And he, he made some comments of like, um, people just don't take time to walk, I mean, but they just, we're not present. Right, and he, he just wanted us on a journey with him. Just, just for half of a mile. Yeah, which is one of the things you had said to me too in this is so often what people try to do in situations like this is a journey for you. You really just need to come along and journey with that person. But what I, I, I you know, you talked about breath by breath and in and, and that moment um, and being present. Um, anything more you want to elaborate on that? or? You know, I just, I, I've, I've really... You know, with, with the being in the present and in this moment, I've really had, my prayer to God has been, give me the tools I need for today. Because mm-hmm. that's all I need. I don't need tools for tomorrow. When tomorrow comes, I'll have tools for tomorrow. Yeah. And, and, and so, give me what I need today. Sustain me now. Let me breathe. And everything else will work when it's, when it's that moment. It'll work itself out. So coming back to that, when you said being up here is a miracle in itself, um, you you didn't really like public speaking, I don't think, did you? In um, I I 
was very fearful. I, hate is a very strong word. Um, <laughs> but it's right up there. It's, it's right up there. I dropped out of speech three times in college because I, I, I couldn't do it. And through this, um, God has presented opportunities. Um, and not that it's still, not that it's easy. Right, right. Um, but it's the right thing to do. And God has made a way for me to do it and hopefully do it to his glory. Yeah. So, kind of, kind of, we'll close here in just a moment. But in, in this journey this past year, what do you found to be most difficult or helpful? Is there anything that you kind of would want to say to anybody who is in this time of a valley or has gone through that? Yeah. I, back to the, the, you know, I told my mom, as a mom, you want to fix things. You want to make them better. You want to take your kids and you want to love them and you want to and, um, make their path okay. And shortly after Bill passed away, my mom said, what can I do? I want to do something. I, I need to do something. And I, I had the privilege of telling her, you already did it. You gave me that foundation. You put me in the spot where I can stand today. You you'd guided my path. You, you gave me the right tools. Um, and I think I'd like to say to anyone, you have the tools in you. Yeah. You have that foundation. God will never leave you. And he promises this to us. I've I got to ask you something that just hit me as we were talking, and that is one of the things I always have found so encouraging to me when we talk is there doesn't seem to be bitterness towards God or towards even the individual who was behind this accident. Yeah, I, I, I don't feel that's my place. Mm-hmm. I feel that's not my journey. That's not my, that's not my choice. I didn't make that decision. I miss Bill. Why it misses his dad every day. Um, but that anger isn't going to, isn't going to help heal me, mm-hmm. and it isn't going to help me move forward. So forgiveness is obviously a big part of that whole experience. Yep. And yeah. you know, I was just going to say, you know. God promises he, he won't leave us, and he makes that command, you know, haven't I commanded you in Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord God will be with you wherever you go. Yeah. He doesn't pick and choose. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's here now. Yeah. You know, he's with us. He'll be with us tomorrow. We just have to trust that, that we're prepared for that. So I, I take this and I go... Um, and I just want you to process for a moment. Um, some of you are young parents. Uh, one of the great gifts you were given was a foundation of knowing God's love through them, but also knowing God's love um, through the teaching and, and, and the revelation, the kind of response to Jesus and that walk with Jesus. Um, that's, that's one of the things. So what do you do to prepare? Well, as parents, that's one of the important things that you do for your children because you have no idea. Uh, another thing is what you do with your own life and your own walk and the own development of faith. What are things you do to prepare for that? And nothing really can prepare you, but there are things that you can do as you grow deeper in your faith with God that allows you to be in a place when you do hit that. Then you do have to, then it becomes real, right? You've got to do the forgiving. You've got to let it go. You start to learn to live at a different level with God and in his presence. And so... Um, thank you for your courage. Any last words you want to say? You can say whatever you want to right oh, there. I don't think so. <laughs>
Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, uh, go ahead. Just let them have it. Whatever. Or, or love them up. I don't care. No, I just, you know, like Pastor Kevin alluded to, I think, you know, we all have our journeys. And the, the journey word has become really apparent to me in the past year. And I welcome anyone to walk the journey with me. Um, and I will walk your journey with you, but I can't do it for you. And you can't do mine for me. And prayers are always welcome. But the journey is, is mine. And I will walk it and I will stand with God through my journey. Thanks. Let's stand, if you would. I'll take that. You can stay. Don't go yet. Whoa, whoa. Don't go yet. We're going to pray. And so um, we do this if you feel comfortable. You just put your hand out. It's a way of just saying, I want to extend a blessing, God. With this prayer, we pray. Jesus, thank you for Sean and for Wyatt. Thank you for um, being with them, for loving them, and for caring for them. God, thank you for the courage that Sean has to not just talk here, but to step in day by day, breath by breath. God, I pray your blessing. I pray that you would hem them in with your love in every way. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We're going to close with a little song that we started this whole series back on this whole idea of being home. God.